God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Welcome to the Midweek Power Nugget where 15 minutes of your day will change. Absolutely, we have no shadow of a doubt will change. If you trust God, it will change your entire perspective of your life. We're so grateful to God that you have given us an opportunity to share with you the first minutes of your morning. Let us go before the Lord. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we reverence you. God, simply because you are God, not because you woke us up this morning, not because you got us through yesterday and got us through Monday, not because you put food on the table and clothes on our back. We, we, we appreciate those things. But God, we thank you for just being God. If you never did another thing, you have done so much for us, and we would be remiss if we did not say thank you for all that you have already done for us. God, we thank you so very much for another opportunity to study your word. God, your word has been so much to us, and we would uh, be completely ignorant if we did not acknowledge the fact that your word has given us answers to questions we didn't even know we had. It gave us guidance in situations we didn't know we'd be facing. It gave us hope in times where every other aspect around us seemed to become crumbling and in despair. It is by your word that this has occurred. So, God, we love you. We trust you for today's word. We trust you that it will speak to us in the places that we need to be spoken to. We trust you that it will give us revelation and it will illuminate dark places for us. Holy Ghost be our teacher. On this morning is our prayer. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Again, we thank God for you worshiping with us, for you being with us, for you sharing with us. On this morning, we're going to go to James, the fourth chapter, James, the fourth chapter, and we'll read a couple of verses from there, and I'm, then today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to read varying verses from varying uh, books and chapters, so if you just bear with me, we're going somewhere on today. James 4 starting at verse 13. Starting from the New American Standard Bible, it reads as follows. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your ignorance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. If I were to read this from the New Living Translation, it says this, Look here. You who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year, we will do business there and make a profit. 
How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do, and then not do it. The message says this, again, James 4, starting at the 13th verse. And now I have a word for you who brashly announce, today at the latest, tomorrow, we're off to such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog, catching a brief sum of sun before disappearing. Instead, make it a habit to say, if the Lord wills it and we're still alive, we'll do this or that. As it is, you are full of your grandiose selves. All such vaunting self-importance is evil. In fact, if you know the right thing to do and don't do it, that for you is evil. So, I want to go to a few more different scriptures. And all of these I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. The English Standard Version. And first I'm going to start with Proverbs 21 and 5. Proverbs 21 and 5. The plan of the diligent leads surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Proverbs 16 and 3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Luke 14, 28, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Proverbs 16 and 9, the heart of man plans his way. But the Lord establishes his steps. And of course, Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a hope and a future. I have just a couple of more. Proverbs 24, 27. Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. Just just a couple of more. I think you're getting the idea, though. Proverbs uh, 15 and 22. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no guidance, a people fail. Excuse me, a people falls. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. Last one, familiar. Matthew six and thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things 
will be added to you. And the word of the Lord, all of these scriptures are the word of the Lord, and they are all already blessed. So, where am I going on today? I want to ask you, who is in control? Who is in control? Because all of those were great scriptures, weren't they? They, I mean... All of them uh, gave us good words. All of them uh, gave us excellent advice by way of planning. And I read a number of scriptures, much like the plans in the mind of people. I mean, you think about all the plans, all the plans. If we, if we took all the people, all of you all that were sitting on this line today, and took all of the plans you ever had in your head, those that have, you've had in the past, those you have in, you know, for the future, those you've got in your head right now. If we took all those plans and, and wrote them all out on single pieces of paper and put them all in the middle of the table, we would probably have an extreme amount of plan ideas, some that might be very similar, some might, that might be totally different. Some that sound like they make sense. And some that some of us might say, are you kidding? You're going to try and do that? Because at different points of our lives, we're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. The plans of our mind, they come and they go. They vary. They shift. You know, when when I was getting ready to graduate from high school, or at least in my senior year, I said, oh, no question, I'm immediately going to college. I'm immediately doing my four years. I'm immediately graduating with uh, a computer science degree. I'm immediately going to work. That was not God's plans. <laughs> that was not God's plans. It sounded great. I thought my plans that I made were the greatest thing, were a non-fail type of, of plan. But it didn't turn out that way. And honestly, now that I am in the place where I am, I am somewhat grateful. No, I am completely grateful that I am where I am, and that things happen the way that they did. Because if things happen differently, then my life would be different. Now, I didn't say my life would be better. I said my life would be different. You all, we learned through all of these scriptures that God plans for the way he wants us to live. I read to you Proverbs 16 and 9. That same verse in the message says this, we plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. You all, God knows what he's doing. And oftentimes what we figure we do is the best thing for us. 
And what we end up doing, you all, is that we X out God. We X God out of our plans. We don't make God a part of our decision making. And really, that's foolish. Because we make these plans, and quite often, let's just be, let's be fair, some of our plans are pretty decent, but some of them are foolish. And we make foolish plans because we don't have all the knowledge. We don't have all the perspective. We make the plans, but we don't realize how it's going to affect this person or affect that person. We make plans for our lives, and we don't realize that it's going to lead to this or lead to that. So in the end, we make foolish plans. So isn't it good to know that even though we make certain plans, that it's going to be God's purpose that's going to prevail? It's going to be God's purpose that, that uh, you know, stands. So wouldn't it make sense, you all, starting today, that you submit your plans to his purpose? Let's face it, he's in control anyway. So why not submit? Why not submit? Why not submit your plans to his purpose? doesn't mean that your plans aren't good. But as James said, if you make a definitive statement, at this time, I'm going here, I'm moving here, I'm doing this, and it's going to turn out like that. James said, that's foolish. You know nothing about tomorrow. So it behooves us to say, if God desires, if it's a part of his purpose, if he still allows me to be alive, did I plan on doing this or that? Because anything else is evil. And I don't know about you, but I don't want anything that I plan for good to be evil. So how do we avoid that? By taking our plans and submitting it to his purpose. The sooner we realize that we are not in control, the sooner we realize that God's purpose is good. And because it's good, it brings him glory. And it's, if it's good by him and brings him glory, then by his, his grace, it will be good for us. Remember, you've never been in control. God is in control. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for reminding us that we are completely out of control. <laughs> and you are totally in control. Help us to remember to submit all of our plans to you. And help us to be a change agent today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. You be safe. Go out and have a God-blessed day.